You know, sorry, I'm eating a piece of cheese. Mmm, delicious. Ah. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. Back to the bin. Xanadu. Oh, how was the show? Xanadu. How was, o- how was ONJ? Oh, she was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. How was she aging? How does she look? Uh, you want to do this in show proper or... Uh... Oh, you want to put it in the show? Okay. Yeah, sure. All right, so let's just jump in then. <clears throat> okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Oh, what show are we doing now? Oh, Back to the Bins. Back to the Bins? I thought this was this, the Olivia Newton-John concert review. It's the Xanadu redo. The Xanadu review. <laughs> Xanadu. No, this is Back to the Bins, with, with, now, with, now with 50% more Olivia Newton-John talk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm Paul Spataro, and I'm joined by Olivia Newton-John fanboy, Dr. Bill Robinson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she opened up with Magic, and then Xanadu, and then I think it was Suddenly. Oh, uh, yeah. I got to say, it was really, it was a nice touch, because it was at Universal Studios Mar- Mar- Mardi Gras, which thanks again to uh, my buddy, Matt. He was able to get me in. Thank you, Matt. And um, but when they were doing Xanadu, uh, I don't know you've you've been to the park, Paul, right? Yes. Okay, so this is on the Universal Studios side. They have a stage set up across the street from the um, Classic Monsters booth or whatever. There's like a Classic Monsters area, mm-hmm. or like a on the street. And there's yeah, that, I think that that's where the Blues Brothers play. Okay, exactly. It's that stage. Well, you have the roller coaster that's right behind it, the like the rip roaring, rocking whatever roller co- coaster. Yeah, I would not go on that thing. Oh, okay. But while Xanadu was playing, the coaster was still running and people were on it. So it's like she's singing and and there's all and, and at night it's all lit up. So like there's this coaster car streaking by with all these multicolored lights and people screaming and you know on the coaster while she was singing. It was it was great. I liked it. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, she sang for about an hour and a half, uh, maybe hour fifteen minutes, and and it was you know all all her hits. Uh, uh, Matt had warned me. He's like, yeah, she's gonna do some. Con- some of her 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 country music, you know. Notice I was stuttering on that. That didn't sound. Did she do good. Please, Mister Please? Hmm. No. I think that was her uh, first hit. I think she did. Uh, Have you ever been mellow? Have yeah. Okay. Have you ever been mellow? Drinking Mountain Dew. Wait, that's not the lyric. Um, it's Have you never been mellow? Yellow. Mellow. <laughs> uh, and like, and then there was a Grease montage and then she ended out uh she did like two of her ecological songs one about dolphins and another one about animals in uh, the rainforest and stuff which was pretty cool um it was it was it, it was good i liked it i loved it it's awesome also so you we, you and matt did christy go also yes she showed up later she had to go do something but she uh squeaked in right before the concert started so we so all three of us were there oh that's cool it's a good time was had by all got i got to go on the kong ride that looks awesome I watched it on YouTube just to kind of see oh, what you the did? ride is. Oh, okay. So I've seen it, like yeah, what but you it see. can't compare to being well oh, because no. not to spoil too much, but when you're in it, you got to look on both sides. You can't just look on one side. 
So what yeah, I, I would buy? think. Yeah, because there's stuff going on that, that, like, I'll just say it goes from one side of your, because you actually drive in on like a bus, like a like an outback back vehicle, and there's like I don't know, like 30, 40 people on there, and then you go inside like a mountain, and then stuff happens inside the mountain, and then you come into a valley, and and then when that happens, there's like creatures on one side of you flipping over the top and showing up on the other side, and you're actually at one point swinging. Like the whole cart is swinging in a chasm back and forth. Right. Like Kong will smack you and push you one way towards a T Rex, and it comes back. I mean, it's that's all I'm going to spoil on. Yeah, when but, when they were building it in my mind, I kept thinking of the old King Kong ride, which I used to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But that was nothing, <laughs> you know. Did you ever go on the old one? I went on the one in L.A. way back in the day when I was in the service and when I was a little kid. Well, actually, no, it wasn't there when I was a little kid. It was there when I went um, there when I was in the service. And they had a King Kong one that was basically you were on a you were on like the what is it? The one that goes over to Roosevelt Island, like yep, the, the Roosevelt, Island, Roosevelt Island tram. So you were on that and you were suspended above a cityscape and you were rolling around the cityscape. And at one point, you know, there's like a. You know, Kong is smashing a train car and that comes towards you. And then eventually you like round a corner and Kong is like right there. Like he's and that's climbing. it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there wasn't too much to it. But, that, but you know, but this was way beyond that. Way beyond yeah, well, this this is the, you know, one of those 3D. 3D, 4D. They get, you know, there's yeah. creatures will spit, you know, like at you and they'll throw water at you like it's saliva. So you're like, ew. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this, I, like I said, I just watched it on, on a YouTube video, but it still looked very cool. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. And then we also, um, they were doing a soft opening for the Jimmy Fallon ride, which I'm actually not going to say too much about that because. I saw uh, you posted something on that. I didn't realize it was a Jimmy Fallon ride. I thought it was like a Jimmy Fallon show. No, no, no. It's, it's a, um, it's an actual ride. It's much like, um, it's a, Kind of like the Spider-Man ride or like the old Back to the Future ride, but you don't go anywhere. You're just in one room and uh, stuff takes place. You know, it's like Star Tours, kind of. But I don't want to say too much because I'm actually going to be on a show with uh, Matt about it. But it'll be a while before this comes out. That'll that'll be a Neo Zaz or a yes, that'll be a yeah, that'll be a Neo Zaz because it's a contracted thing he does with uh, with Universal. Yeah, I'll be waiting for it. Yeah. So, so yeah, Uh, uh, fun time was had by all. Mm-hmm. I, I did 12,000 steps. Oof. Is that with your phone or you have a Fitbit? That was with my phone. My phone just bouncing on my ass. That's <clears throat> yeah, even more exercise right there. Yeah. So, But, of course, I wore the wrong shoes. And the shoes I wore, I normally wear two pairs of socks. And I only wore one pair. And by the end of the night, I was like Ringo Starr. But I had blisters on my toes instead of my fingers. <laughs> that was my own stupidity. So, but yeah, that was that's the quick uh, that's the quick update on Olivia Newton-John. So, yeah, went to see uh, Logan yesterday. Really? How was he? You came all the way down here and didn't visit me? Oh, wait, well, I saw the movie. Oh. Visit Logan this time, and I'll see ben, I'll see Ben next time. Oh, okay. Gentle Ben? Ooh, Gentle Ben. Big bear. So, Starting yeah, to look we, like we, a bear. We went to see Logan, basket. and uh, I'm seeing a lot of people who are, like, just raving about it. I, I haven't seen it yet, so... Yeah, I'm not going to be spoiler free. Okay, all right. I mean, uh, I know Chris Honeywell was saying, "Run, don't walk to see it." Um, you see, I'm, I'm, I liked it. I thought it was very good. I thought the acting was good. I thought the story was interesting. 
I thought the 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 action sequences were pretty well staged, although I think the direction could have been a little stronger on some of them. And there was some CGI in it that I didn't think was especially strong. Uh, overall, I thought it was very good, but I didn't think it was great. It's it's almost like a couple of those roundtable reviews we did where I was Dr. No because everybody was saying it was the greatest thing ever. And I was like, well, it was good. <laughs> you know, that right. kind of thing. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I would recommend seeing it. But I didn't think it was, you know, people say, oh, it's the best X-Men movie. I, I'm still... Firmly in the, in in the first class is the best X Men movie. Um, mm. It was very downbeat. So that that <laughs> perfect time for Chewbacca to chime. Yeah. So that that took away from it a little bit, you know, because not, not that downbeat is a bad thing, but you know, well, it doesn't a, look like a very a, upbeat film to begin with. So, in a I mean, superhero I don't know. movie, I don't necessarily want to see depressing, you know. Uh. Yeah, but isn't it nice to get it? I mean, it doesn't always have to be. Well, I mean, I guess Civil War wasn't all sunshine and roses. And Anyway, you, I, I haven't seen it, so please continue. But, I mean, well, that's, that's it because I want to stay spoiler free. Um, there's, there's certain things about it that were really good. Uh, there's the little girl. You know, you see her in the commercials, so that's not a spoiler. Uh, she was very good. She, when she was on the screen, I, th- I thought she stole, you know, she stole the screen. She 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 really you know you 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 felt compelled to watch her mm. so so that was a very good aspect of it overall like I said I think it was a solid movie well well acted you know fair, pretty well written uh, just you know like I said just for my tastes I like a little bit more upbeat that's all well let me see I'm gonna try to guess the movie I have I have not read well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you yes or no because oh, I'm not spoiling you could just tell me you could just say well we, I guess you don't want to spoil it for anybody else. I was just gonna say, uh, from what I've seen, and, this may and, not even post until after Assistant Editors Month, so people will have time to have seen it by the time it posts. Um, so basically, I kind of figure Logan is—I don't want to say down on his luck, but he's keeping a low-key appearance, not really being too flashy. Something's happened that mutants aren't really well liked anymore. Somehow he hooks up with Charles Xavier through some cryptic message or something, and or he's been taking care of him all this time. And uh, and I I know from the from the other things I read that that Xavier's not doesn't have all his mental faculties still intact anymore. And that's and, one of the aspects of the movie that's very poignant, very well thought out, but kind of sad and depressing. Yeah, because I figure he's probably. He's either on the verge of dementia or or such or Alzheimer's, and he's probably having re. He's remembering the past, and it's probably depressing, and it's probably not going to be something I really want to see. Um, and then it probably he will probably die, and and Logan will probably die or fake his death trying to get X twenty three to somewhere, and that's probably what you can. I guess you can or cannot say. Yeah, you're partially right or. You're completely right. I can or cannot, and I will or will not. Uh, Thanks for nothing or something. Well, you know what? I do <laughs> put it this way. Well, I'm I'm not saying it's one of the greatest movies ever. It was very good, and I would say I absolutely recommend that you see it. Uh, my my probably my biggest negative is because it's so somber and downbeat. I don't see myself doing you know. Like, the, most of these superhero movies, I could just watch over and over again. 
I think this this one will break that mold a little bit oh, you because it's, it's going to be it's obviously not a repeated viewings film. Not for me because mm. I don't I don't I don't I don't like to be depressed when I see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. That yeah, that's one of the reasons why I really don't don't watch. I can't really watch AI anymore. Just the the ending of that movie after he gets uh, trapped in underneath the Ferris wheel. I pretty much just have to turn that off. I can't deal with the rest of it. So it just depresses the shit out of me. It's not really an upbeat movie to begin with, but uh, you know I'm talking. Which one I'm talking about, right? I'm trying to remember. I saw that once. That was with Haley Joel Osment, the little kid, when he was still right. like big, when he was the android boy, and he goes to the family, you know, and like he bonds with the woman, and then because the woman's son had like a terminal disease, but and he went in like stasis, but then they got a cure. And then they brought the kid out, and then, like, he he was just a modern-day retelling of Pinocchio, but it was, like, one of Stanley Kubrick's, I think he was, like, he was involved with it. And then he passed away before it was finished, and Steven Spielberg finished it. And in the ending, he's, like, found, you you know, that he, he, he goes on the run to find the Blue Fairy to become a real boy, in his mind. Mm-hmm. And then and he gets trapped underneath a Ferris wheel that has the Blue Fairy on it, and it's because... Uh, the world has been flooded because of global warming, of course. And um, he's like, I think it's at Coney Island. And uh, a Ferris wheel traps him and a, um, an interactive, like, super toy teddy bear. And then he's woken up years in, like, a thousand years in the future by, I thought one time thought it was aliens, but somebody else told me that it was intelligent AI. And they recreate his mother, his mother that was in the movie from a strand of her hair from uh one that was like a still on the uh on the teddy bear toy and then he has like a perfect day and but it's just so sad that i can't i just can't watch it again makes me sad yeah. thinking about it that's that's the way i feel about some movies you know like i'm glad i saw them but i don't yeah, need to see them again i was glad i saw it but i don't want to see it again because i don't want people to see me cry <clears throat> sorry did i, say that I wouldn't go that far about <laughs> logan i wouldn't say like i'll never see it again but I don't see myself buying a copy of the Blu-ray. Mm. I don't see myself just popping it in at the drop of, you know. Like, most most of the Marvel movies, depending on my mood, I could pick any one of them and put it on at any given time. Mm. But this isn't going to be one of them. There's movies that I don't think are as good as this one. Let's say Apocalypse or Days of Future Past. I don't think they're as good as this. But I can watch them more often. So it's it's better than Apocalypse, but not as good as First Class. Yes. So it's like actually, kind of in the middle. See, to me, of the, the three Wolverine solo movies, I know people don't like the Wolverine because it ended with the... Uh, Yellow you know, the costume? Big... Oh, with the big fight with uh, the samurai? Yeah. People don't like it because of that. That That's, you know, they feel like the, you know, the, the, the video, the video game ending movie. ruined it. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, he, he lost a set of claws in that movie too, didn't he? He did. Did those claws come back? Well, he's got metal claws in this movie. Huh. Yeah, because, well, wait a minute. Wasn't Days of Future Past after the Wolverine? Huh. Yeah. Uh, I no. guess I'll let it go. No, because he, he, here's the logic I have on that. In, de- in At the end of the Wolverine, the uh, the post credit sequence is him with the uh, older Xavier and uh, Magneto. Uh-huh. And in the movie Days of Future Past, it's the younger as it is in Apocalypse as well. Oh, right, you give me a headache. The younger Xavier and Magneto. Hmm. Well, anyway, let's go on to something a little bit more upbeat. Did you see the Deadpool 2 trailer? Yes. What would you think? 
It was. I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> Me too. Oh, just just as another point, anybody I've, who's listening to this, on, anybody who's listening to this who has not seen Logan, there is no uh, post credit sequence. You don't have to wait. Oh, did you wait? Because yes, I I can never get a clear answer online. It was like yes, no, yes, no. I looked online. It said yes, so we waited. Oh, and then there and, was none. And then they said, oh, but there's a pre there's a pre trailer secret, and then it was on the internet. Everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was hysterical. It was great. It even had a Stan Lee cameo. Did it? Yeah, when he runs out of the phone booth, and Stan Lee goes, "Nice suit," and he goes, "Zip it, Stan Lee," and then he runs across the oh, yeah, street. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was like real quick. Zip it, Stan Lee. <laughs> oh, that, that was I. One of the best lines that cracked me up because I was thinking the same thing through the beginning of the trailer. Is when after you know, spoiler the guy well I don't know if we should describe blow by blow what happens but basically he's on the street somebody's being mugged he jumps into a phone booth to change but he gets completely he strips completely naked he's got his butt cheeks up against the window and then he's putting on the Deadpool suit you hear a gunshot and then he stops and looks around then he comes running out he sees Stanley runs across the street comes down the guy's shot and is dead. And then he's talking to the dead guy's body. He's like, ooh, ah, ooh, yeah, ooh. Oh, you know, maybe I should have just called 911 while I was in there. That would have been a better idea. <laughs> it's like, come to think of it, why was there even a phone booth here? Didn't they, those go away in, like, 1999? Yeah, that's what cracked me up. He's like, why the F is a phone booth here anyway? Weren't those gone? And then he's laying down there, and he's eating the guy's groceries. and um, And then he starts to talk about, he's like, yeah, maybe you should have called. Uh, you should have called Logan. I mean, heck, what does he have to change into? A pair of jeans and a t-shirt? And then he started to do the Australian accent, and it fades out. <laughs> have have a happy koala day. Yeah, that was well. That was you know, that's what the movie opened with. So you go from that to a very downbeat <laughs> movie. It's all down downbeat from there. Well, since this is somewhat of a bullshit episode, Alvin escaped today. It's going to be the, the the sequel to Alvin attacks Bill. Yeah. Well, this. <laughs> yeah, this was. Uh, I had picked up Ben and Sarah, and we were what we were actually watching a show on Hulu that I discovered called Making Hi- Making History, which is a half hour program. <laughs> um, it's actually on Fox on Sunday. But I found it hilarious. I would just recommend it. It's funny. Go watch it. A guy screws up the American Revolution because he goes back in time and starts dating Paul Revere's daughter. (laughs) Is the way the is the uh, plot behind the first episode. And it's funny. Just watch it. It's great. Anyway, so Ben comes out of his room after we got done watching that, and he's got this like pale look on his face, and he's just. I'm like Ben, what's wrong? He's like, how long has the back door been open? And I'm like. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, at least 2.30. Oh, no, because that's when I let the dog in last. So and it is now uh, 4.30, almost 5 o'clock. So we close the door. We all start to search the house frantically. And, um, oh, you could probably play uh, um, On the Loose by uh, Saga in the background for this. (laughs) No one can stop him now. Tonight he's on the loose. So we figure out Alvin's out of the house. So we're... We're walking around the house looking, looking like, oh, man, because usually he – well, the last time he got out, he was gone for like a day. And then we we 
you know, we were able to find, he just came, finally just showed up because we kept, we kind of kept the back door open and then he just kind of walked in and rock started in and was sitting at, you know, the sliding glass door like, hey man, I'm back for food, let me in. So this time we went out looking for him and um, it was funny because right when I texted you saying Alvin's out, we got to find him, all of a right. sudden I hear the dog go crazy and not the good crazy. He's going crazy <laughs> like he's attacking something. And um, and I was actually sitting on the can while this was happening, so you could picture. I I just dropped the phone, do what I gotta do, run outside. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And Sarah's back there. Comet's attacking Alvin, (laughs) because Comet had found Alvin. He was behind our shed, up against the house, and it's like, so I'm wondering, did Comet? Did he did he know it was Alvin? But he's like, oh, I'm just going to pretend he's like, I don't know this cat. He's out. So <laughs> nonchalantly, he just nonchalantly, he tries to eat him. You know, you turn around, he kicks him with his back paw. <laughs> so and that just completely Alvin lost his basically, I guess I'll just say his collective shit because he we we were able to get the dog off of him. And throw the dog back in the house. And so Alvin's in the backyard and we have a six-foot fence along the back. And then the side fences are about four feet and they're chain length. So I'm like, I know he can climb those if he really wants to. And he's like pacing the perimeter of the yard and we can't get close to him. Probably from Alvin's view, it was like he was reliving or he was in an episode of The Walking Dead. (laughs) Because he's attacked by this ferocious, vicious beast. And then there's just these large, slow-moving, lumbering things trying to catch him. Because we're not trying to de- get, get get too close, but we're like, we've got our hands out in front of us like, come on, Alvin, come on, Alvin. I just would have liked to have seen it from Alvin's view. It would be like, because <laughs> he's just walking back and forth. He won't. We can't get within like four or five feet with a man because then he just bolts. And I'm like, I'm like, don't get next to him when he's next to the low fence or he's going to jump. So then he keeps trying to go behind the be, behind the shed. We get him trapped in a corner behind the shed, and, and I try to move him on one side, and Sarah's on the other, and he bolts past her, and he goes through the fence and goes onto the side yard where it's wide open. He can just start running now. But Ben had looped around, and Ben had cut him off. So now he's sitting on something underneath a tree. So I try to, you know, lumber in in my zombie-like fashion. Alvin, and then he, he, luckily he bolts back into the yard again. Eventually he worked his way and dived in the house. But even then we couldn't go near him when he got in the house. He was hissing at us. He was, uh, we had to keep him and the dog away from each other for about 45 minutes. And um, finally he like laid down in a chair and um, I'm looking at him and, he, and I could see his side. He's like panting. He's just going, his like side is just going up and down. And then he starts to pant. I've never seen him pant only when he was sick. But he's panting. He's got his tongue out. <laughs> and I tried to pet him, and he's just like, like, okay, we're going to let you chill out for a little bit. But he's all chilled out. He's all happy. He's lovable Alvin again. So he's he's safe and back at home. Alvin had another another big adventure. That's the second time he's gotten out for more than uh, like 30 seconds before we caught him. So Alvin's that was his big adventure. That was the drama. So much drama today. Sounds like just a barrel of laughs. Yeah, it's all fun and games. Still. Oh, and then uh, the dog got a nice scratch on his nose for his trouble. Alvin got in a good lick because the dog's like, 
later the dog's like rubbing on his face where the, the cut was. We we check it. He's fine. But he's like rub rub. You know, I'm like, don't even try to get pity from that. <laughs> like you you you're out there attacking him like he's like you don't know who he is. He's got a flipping collar on for God's sakes, making noise. He's got a collar on. <laughs> I'm sure Comet looks at. Oh no, that's the collar. That's, Ooh, that's, that's yeah. Alvin. But you should have smelled him. He's a dog. Like he just went for the jug cat juggler kill. <laughs> I mean, he's like an he. Well, okay, I know he's an animal, but he's like vicious. I mean, I told you the story long, long, long ago when he when he got under a, a a deck we had and was just like going after a cat and its kittens, and he was like like rolling over like a shark with a kitten in his mouth, slamming it down on the ground, and luckily the kitten lived, but he was just just he like it's like psycho dog when there's another type of animal around that isn't inside the house. Like if it's inside the house, he's fine. But outside, man, he goes flipping nuts. So, I don't know. It's a god dog. Well, yeah. I mean, he does make noise when people come up. He's, you know, yeah. He's vicious with people. Well, he's not vicious. I shouldn't say that. He just barks a whole hell of a lot. But if it's another physical animal outside, you know, and we're, I don't know. I was, I was worried because I heard those noises and I was like, oh my god. I hope that's Alvin, but I don't hope that's Alvin. Because I could hear Sarah screaming, get off! <laughs> like, oh no. Well, I guess we should do something about our show proper. Well, why don't we read a little email? Email. Email time. Do we get any new email? Let me see. Mm-hmm. We have a mailbox full of email. Well, I mean, since the last time I looked. We had some that were were in the uh, Gmail account uh, oh, that I oh, sent over. Ooh. So it'll like be four, new to me. Four or five in the Gmail account. Wow. So we're, we're loaded with stuff. We're loaded to bear. All right, well, why don't we just jump into the email now, and we'll start off. We're going back as far as ugly Christmas sweaters, which is from, how do I say this? Dion Balisacon, or Balisacon. Balisacon. Balisacon? Balisacon? Rock me Balisacon. Rock me Oh, sorry. It's Shockacon. Sorry. Hi, guys. Excellent episode, as always. It was great to have your trio back together again. My favorite part of all your episodes is listening to your meandering conversations and gleaning nuggets of comic pop culture information. Then you will love this episode. (laughs) Regarding your interest in receiving comics, I am a librarian in my state's public library system. I maintain the graphic novel collection of my branch, and I'm always weeding books that are beat to shit, as Scott says, or do not circulate often. I also sort through any donated trades that come in, and almost always these items are not in the best condition to add to the collection. If one of you fine gentlemen would like free books, shoot me a message and I'll hook you up. Happy holidays and looking forward to new shows in the new year. Uh, yeah, you know, as, as a general Shut rule... Shut up, I'm still typing. Dion, as a general rule, <laughs> we love free stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'd be happy to take on your free, free beat-to-shit trades well yeah we would have to actually shoot a message <laughs> yeah well let me write down that email address some cut and pasting copy i'm doing that right now i'm gonna send i'm gonna reply to him as we speak let's see where's reply reply oh well, could we reply on this oh well i'll let you reply for us all so say you all say say Bill Hi, and Paul would be highly interested. Scott has no interest whatsoever, so we don't send him anything. We would love to take you up on 
your very generous <laughs> offer. Sorry, never mind. A personal message just came through Facebook, and I just... Thank you, comma, <laughs> Paul. Now, he will need our addresses at some point, I'm sure. But he'll let me know, I'm sure, when he receives this. Yeah, sure, Bob. When, you know, when he has stuff to send. I don't probably, it's going to beat up. Probably it would be best if he tells us what he has, because it would really suck for him to pay for postage That's if true. he has something that one of us already has and he's sending it over. Yeah, true. So true. So true. Funny how That's it's very seen. cool. I always, I, I always enjoy when, when listeners are generous and send me free stuff. It's, it's a nice, first of all, it's nice to get free stuff. And second of all, it's a nice compliment that people think highly enough of us to send us stuff. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much, Dion. So, uh, would you like we'll to skip, do the next we'll one? Skip the next one. Oh, you want to skip the next one, do <laughs> well, you? Well, wait, wait. Scott has to be here for that one. Okay, we will skip that one. So just go to the one after that. Oh, we my. A, a run of Russell Bragg's here. This is a biggie. Oh, never mind. It's not as big as I thought it was. That's what she said. That's what she said. Oh, (laughs) beat you to it. It is from our pal Russell Bragg, and it says back to the Rusty Bragg. What? Rusty Bragg. Rusty Prag. Or Rusty Gate. Commander McBragg. Back to the bins, 268, and lo, there shall come an end. First annual year-ending show. First annual year-ending show? Do we have a year-ending show? Was that our first year-ending show? It's our first. It's our first last book year-ending show. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay, never mind. Hi guys, and happy new year. Hope all is well. Thanks for doing overture curtain lights again. It has been missed, as well as this is it the night of night. Okay, popping in nowhere else to go. Paul snuck that in perfectly. You actually got me off guard. It was terrific. Rudolph shiny new year was mentioned. It's not one of my favorites either, but it's not bad. Not only Red Skeleton, but you forgot Maury Amsterdam as one million caveman. caveman. And Frank, oh, I didn't realize Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin as Sir 1023, Knight. Fred Astaire was in the, the Easter Bunny is Coming to Town, not Peter Cottontail. Hmm. Wait a minute. But then he, but then he says he plays the same character, S.D. Kluger, Mailman. Was he saying that he was in both? Wait no, he's saying he was in Easter Bunny's Coming to Town. He's not in Peter Cottontail. Well, what else was Fred He Astaire? plays the same character as he does in Santa Claus's Coming to oh, Town. Oh, Santa Claus. Oh, okay. All right. Got it. Gotcha. Little did we know that not long after Carrie... Um, um, little did we know that not long after Carrie Fisher would pass away, as well as we lost her mother, Debbie Reynolds. Did Carrie Fisher sing too? Well, the only... Uh, thing i've ever seen her sing is in the holiday special no i saw her sing in the hbo special that they were putting together before she passed away oh okay and they had a clip in there and and i had talked about this recently uh they had a clip in there back when she was like 13 years old her mom was doing like a vegas act and mm-hmm. she would have carrie come out and sing a song and they showed a clip of it she's like 13 years old and she was singing bridge over troubled water and First of all, I found it ironic because Tammy was, was married she marry to Paul, Paul Simon. Simon? <laughs> but uh, also, she she had a very nice singing voice back then. Hmm. She really like belted it out. Well, she's so. thirteen. She had those. She had the pipes. Pipes of a youngin' too. With her pedigree, Eddie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, I figured she could marry. Oh, she could marry. She could carry a tune. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I was impressed with Doctor Bill's impersonation of the Tasmanian Devil. With it's Bill's sound- pedigree, he can do that. It's 
it sounded just like Mel Mel Brank's interpretation. Actually, you know, the only way you just got to let yourself go. (laughs) It's like, don't don't hold back. You can't do a reserved Tasmanian devil when when you do the whole. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) What for you want to make Dr. Bill joke? Well done. I forgot why Trading Places was brought up, but it's one of my favorite movies. Hmm. I brought up the scene with Dan Aykroyd with the, the fish in his, oh, yeah. uh, in his Santa Claus costume when he's like, <laughs> I want to say I saw it in the theater, but honestly can't remember. I did. I, saw it in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it when I figured out how to cheat uh, and get cable in my room by running tinfoil under the carpet. But that's a story for another day. Unless I I'm just impressed that Russell saw it at all. But <laughs> I'd say if Die Hard and Gremlins can be called Christmas movies, then so can Trading Places. Agreed. Yeah. The Bedrock Twitch was mentioned. Rock Rock Roll was the singer Fred had to replace after the pickled dodo egg incident. <laughs> or was that the other one with the... That's, uh, the, that's Snuffles. On, oh, uh, that's right. Oh. Quick Joe McGraw. When, <laughs> all right, Snuffles, go chase him down. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and you have to give him the... the the treat, and he'd be like, mm, mm, mm. "Was that when?" He, and then he would float down to the ground. He'd hug himself, and he would float up into the air, and then gently come down and go. Ah. That's me after a long day and eating some warm Mountain Dew. One and one more thing before getting to the comics. It's sort of a moral question. <laughs> you've come to the wrong place, and I hope Scott is there to answer. Again, you've come to the wrong place. Can you own a movie soundtrack score without having watched the movie? Well, sure. On to the. I, I don't see so. why not. I don't, especially a soundtrack, because a soundtrack implies, you know, regular songs as opposed to orchestration. I mean, either one, I think you can. But it, but like, peep, there were many, many people who bought the big chill soundtrack just for just because the they like those old those old songs. Well, you would have the same thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy so- soundtrack too. Same exact thing. Yeah. Same exact thing. You you could I mean, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, but if somebody had the soundtrack, I wouldn't say, "My god, you must see the movie." I'm trying to think if I own any soundtracks that I have not seen the movies to. How about you? Uh, I do have a couple cuz I had gotten a bunch of soundtracks cheap at the library that they were like purging stuff, so I think it was like 50 cents for a CD. So I bought some that were from movies that I hadn't seen. I think I have, um, yeah, I can't, yeah, I've got one or two, but I can't pinpoint exactly what they are. Like, I know I've got songs from certain movies that I might not have seen, but I know I heard the song. Ooh, hey, I like that. So, all right, now on to the comics. Needless to say, don't got them. Shocking. I'm shocked at this revelation. As I've probably said numerous times, the Marvel side of my comic collection is pretty scarce. I do have the entire Savage She-Hulk run and some What Ifs Volume Two here and there, but that's about it. Paul had that's Ghost. Sad. That's pretty sad. So sad. Paul had Ghost Rider number eighty-one. Never really got into. Never got into the character. I'd seen bits and pieces of the first movie, but that's it. When the Ghost Rider series picked up again, Johnny Blaze wasn't the Ghost Rider anymore. Did Johnny get his mind back? Uh, well, Danny Ketch was the new Ghost Rider when it picked back up again. And I know Blaze did come back, but I don't remember how. And I didn't remember if we discussed this. He wasn't exactly Ghost Rider. He was like a demon hunter. But eventually he became the Ghost Rider again. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm not sure how that took place. It's, I'm not sure. Comic book physics. Ask Blaine. Science! Bill brought thing number 36. 
I am more familiar with Thing being a Fantastic Four member. Why was Thing not with FF during this time? Simple answer being, because he wasn't. Because he needed a solo series. <laughs> but although that never stopped when they did Marvel 2 and 1, when... Uh, well, you know what? The impetus for the Thing series, and maybe this will explain, Russell, was the Thing series began at the end of Secret Wars because Ben Grimm stayed on the Secret Wars planet because he found he could control his changing from human to Thing form. And he ended up staying on the planet because the, the in the first Secret Wars, the planet was com- cobbled together from different pieces of, of planets from around the universe or whatever that the beyonder brought there uh there was even a section of colorado there which is where i think spider woman first got her introduction to the marvel not the jessica drew spider woman the other spider woman in the black and white costume with the red hair so anyway the thing stayed on the planet afterwards and was like battling some his own demons which then turned out to be like another version of his psyche and then he eventually left the planet came back to the earth and when he did the planet went poof and just disappeared from what I remember. So then he came back and got involved in the wrestling. And I think at the same time, did he get injured? Or was that later in the Fantastic Four when his face was injured? After that was the later. Series? That was, okay. Yeah, that was afterwards. But but yeah, that's that's That was like why. in the early 90s. So that's... And, I, and the, the injury, I'm sorry to keep oh, no, 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 but no. the injury was from Wolverine cutting him with his clothes. That's right, right. So um, I think that pretty much sums up why the thing... Yeah, uh, because um, She-Hulk took his place in the Fantastic Four, which is why in the last issue she's comes in and they believe she had the Fantastic Four costume on, even though she was at the Avengers Mansion because I believe they were with the hanging out with the Avengers at that time. And that's the answer from a storyline perspective. From a business perspective, I think the answer is probably that Marvel felt that the thing was popular enough of a character to carry a solo series, while the Fantastic Four was popular enough even without the thing mm-hmm. that they could maintain you know, their level. Show, or- main, yeah, maintain their level and replace him with another character. Uh, because at that point, they weren't doing, you know, like five series with the same character. Right. You know, all over the place. Now they feel like the Fantastic Four doesn't even deserve its own book, which is kind of depressing. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, his next question is, uh, is the Thing series collected? I hmm. do not know. Hmm. Um, if you want to research that, I can answer the next question. Uh, I No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Uh, I might be interested if it is. Well, if you're interested, go look it up, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I, I would think there's probably a showcase out there. Yeah. Or, or a masterworks or whatever. Yeah. I don't think, I'm sure there's not an omnibus, though. No. Yeah. I got the year 2000 reference, and I miss it terribly. I think there's some legal reason they can't do it anymore. Yes, I believe it is, because that was when Conan O'Brien was doing that on his show, and then I believe he was still doing it when he went to The Tonight Show. But then when he completely left and went to TBS, there's a lot of things. It's funny, because I just had this discussion with Matt when we were in the Jimmy Fallon ride about how Conan couldn't take certain things and do anything, you know, certain sticks anymore. <laughs> Uh, much like the masturbating bear. Yeah. Well, if you've seen it, it's kind of funny. But anyway, I haven't. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to. <laughs> so yeah, he had to leave a lot of his things behind, uh, skits and intellectual property, uh, because it belonged to N- NBC, and they wouldn't let him do it on his new show. So that's yeah, that's why we can't see it, which sucks because I like that. In the year two thousand. 
Anyway, by the way, I did get Marvel Graphic Novel number 16, Revenge of the Living Monolith. Yay! I guess that's all I got for this time around. Thank you, as always, for keeping me entertained. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show, Status Awe on hiatus. But no, I think, well, this is an old email, so. I'm thinking it's still on hiatus, but I could be mistaken. Uh, Continuing with Russell, and this one is from January. Hey, guys. Glad you could all make it to this Christmas episode. Good listening as always. I'm sure it was hard on you guys who actually knew Sean Angle. Hard to believe it's been over a year already. Mm. He will never be forgotten. Very true. Thank you for the thoughts. I don't remember how drinking got into the conversation. I had often thought, maybe for April Fool's or something, if you did the podcast acting like you were all drunk, uh, I, for one, have never had a drink of alcohol. It's been... Uh, Even the dog calls bullshit on that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been many years I'm kidding, since I've been able to say those words, honestly. Uh, I remember vividly how it smelled through, though, from college, especially around finals. I was never interested or curious. Hopefully it will stay that way. I think if you've gotten this far into your life without drinking any, you're probably going to continue. Yeah. Uh, on to the comics. I have Teen Titans number 13, five different ways. The treasury, mm-hmm. treasury, the digest, the trades, the archive, all but the actual comic, I guess. Of course. It's funny because I have the actual comic and I have no other version. <laughs> uh, I always thought it was a fun story. Who does? Oh wait a minute! Actually, no. That Teen Titans. I don't think, I'm thinking thirteen oh, of the new Teen you're Titans. You're thinking the new Teen Titans. Yeah. Yeah. This is no. This is the old. No, I don't have this one. Uh, who doesn't love a Christmas Carol and the various incarnations down through the years? Needless to say, I don't have the Star Trek one, but it was a good story too. Guess I'll keep it short and sweet this time. Hope all is well and that 2017 is treating you well. Thanks for keeping me entertained. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. Status on hiatus. Mm, alcohol. You know, I had three beers yesterday. I usually don't even drink alcohol that much, only on New Year's. And um, since I was at Universal, I had to have a Duff beer. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll have a Duff beer. And it was uh, I had a Duff light. Got to watch my figure. You know, you got to keep those girlish good looks. Yeah. And then we went to Diagon Alley, and I had a like a dragon scale or a dragon ale. And um, it was funny because the guy that was serving us was speaking in a high-pitched voice. And I turned to Matt. I'm like, is that guy doing that? So he's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, is he trying to like do the mystique of being an elf? What's, uh, I'm like, I don't know because he's like you're kind of burly. And he's you know, like, hi, how you guys doing? It's like, is Mike Tyson serving us? What, what, well, maybe it was Surly from Duff. I don't know. No, because this was in the Harry Potter area. <laughs> Maybe he made his way over there. <laughs> so anyway, we sucked that beer down and, and right before riding the Jimmy Fallon ride. <laughs> and then um, and then sucked another beer down waiting for the concert to start. So, yep, I had three beers. Yeah. Damn, they're expensive in that part. Eight bucks for a beer. Whew. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, when, when you, that's, that's the negative of drinking beer away from home. Well, I don't even think Disney even offers beer, do they? Uh, I think maybe some of the restaurants might. Yeah, but you put. I don't know if you can just walk because I we were walking around with the beards, you know. Anyway, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure you can. All right, so on to the next one, right? And it's again from Mr. Bragg. Mr. Bragg, our most prolific emailer. Back to the beans, two sixty nine. Target Chacanetti. Hi guys, hope Scott has a great report concerning <laughs> a great report coming concerning his long assignment. <laughs> It's always nice to hear from Luke Giaconetti on Back to the Bins. Can't say much for the comic he brought since I have very few independents 
And I don't think I'd <laughs> ever heard, what, were you adding something after that? Or comics in general. Or no, or movies. Um, uh, and I don't think I'd ever even heard of Atlas Comics before. But it was a good listen. Even though I have never been in the military, I always remember Veterans Day. My father was a veteran and served during World War II and the Korean conflict. Ooh. Veterans Day 2016 was a day I will always remember as that is the day I finally met Kirk Greenfield. A day that will live in infamy. Oh, sorry. I felt a little guilty because he came all the way just to meet me. But it was nice to, to meet my quote-unquote rival. <laughs> I, which, I, you guys are not rivals anymore, are you? I think you're fast friends. I do have some news to tell. I think I've mentioned before that I didn't have a local comic shop. The closest would be probably 25 to 30 miles away. That has changed. A shop called Four Horsemen Comics, that's not an ominous title at all, just opened up at our local mall. I asked if they had back issues, and they said they have five long boxes full with more on the way. I'll probably go to, to mycomicshop.com for certain issues, but there's nothing like hunting and finding comic books, is there? No, I have to say, sometimes it's the thrill of the hunt. Or when people just magically send them to you in the mail. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Crab. <laughs> Next, I can finally say that I can give Popeye's, Louisiana Chicken, a try. Mmm, Popeye's. It's about 35 to 40 miles. Wait, is, is anything close to you? But at least it's that close. <laughs> I've always heard their chicken is better than KFC. Well, their spicy chicken is. I mean, I like the original herbs and spices, but uh, anyway. And I can't wait to decide for myself. This is not a food podcast, and I shouldn't you know, make it one. I'd like to tap your comic knowledge. I hope you're all there. In your opinion, either by issues or years, what would your guess be the start for and in for Superboy in the Golden Age, Silver Age, and Bronze Age? Well, I, uh, I think Paul's more... I have no idea for this. I mean, <laughs> I, I know was Superboy even in the well? I guess he wasn't a Bronze Age pre, because um, he was not around after Crisis on Infinite Earth. Well, you had which was that I'm kind of the end of the my, Bronze my Age? Superboy history. Was that the end of the uh, Bronze Age for DC? Was Crisis? Superboy was introduced. I'm pretty sure in Adventure Comics uh, in the 40s. Possibly in the 50s. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, he continued to have stories. Then in the in the Bronze Age, you pretty much had him with the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Then eventually he left the Legion of Superheroes, and you had a stretch there where he wasn't on them at all. Then he came back in the Giffen era. Uh, they did away with him in, the, uh, in Crisis. Mm-hmm. And since Crisis, I don't think there's been a Superboy character that's been young Superman. It's always been... The, stop it. The psychotic one. From- it's always been a different different character. It's either been... Uh, you know, it's it's been a clone of Superman or... or oh, I see the, what you're saying, yeah. Well, because the, like, the Superboy that I'm familiar with that actually... Other than... The clone one uh, that was introduced is the one that... The one that punched reality? Yeah, the one that punched reality and then was um, that Jeff Johns wrote into his Green Lantern stuff. I've read that, but but so... Because that's technically supposed to be that Superboy, but he's just insane, basically. From a different Earth. Well, what, Earth Prime, whatever, where he was the only hero or any red comics? I think he was was from... 
a different Earth than Winter Earth Prime. I don't remember the whole yeah. iteration. I'm, honestly, I'm not really. It's not something I was all that into. Mm. Um, but yeah, ever since you know, ever since Crisis, though, they you know they've kind of done away with the Superboy, uh, you know, as as a young Superman character. Well, yeah, they did away like right after Crisis started. It was basically rebooted, and he was you know, yeah, he was gone, gone. Then they had the whole it was in a pocket universe thing. I don't know. I think that that went away kind of with the th- as as they started feeling, you know, they had older readers. They started feeling less of a need to have a Superboy character, mm-hmm. or at least had less of a need to have him be you know young Clark Kent. Is Eleven gonna make it? <laughs> She's insisting on Grunting. playing. Ah. Well, all right. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep her occupied as quietly as I can, but no, it's okay. It's I'm, I'm sorry if I uh, threw you off by bringing her up, but it just sounds cute. She's like, ah, ah, ah. she I'd has like something to, to say about to it. <laughs> well, hopefully that answered your question, Russell. I mean, we can I, always... I doubt it did, but that's yeah. as best as I can do. Well, I guess that's all for this time around. It was a great way to start the year. Good luck the rest of the way, and thank you for keeping me entertained, Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host. The DC Comics Present Show status on hiatus. Okay, and we actually have an email here from Al Sedano that came before that. We had three that were kind of hidden. Uh, Al just kind of went over the first uh, 25 movies that we covered. And he said, hey guys, since my wife and I were two of the votes on the list, I felt the need to add my two cents to it. Here goes. 100. Constantine. Not the greatest of movies and not exactly John Constantine as he appeared in the comics at the time. I've read a few runs of this series and his own dangerous habits trade that this movie is mostly based on, so I can tell where it failed. However, it somehow has become a guilty pleasure of mine and I will admit that I own it. 99. Daredevil. Director's Cut. I have only seen this in the theater once. Can't say much anything about the director's cut. 98, Justice League New Frontier. Really enjoyed this movie. I'm a bit upset with myself that I didn't think of any animated movies when making my list. 97, Spy Smasher. Never knew this existed. 96, Superman vs. the Mole Man. Never seen. 95, Tank Girl. Never seen. <laughs> 94, Ultimate Avengers 2. I think I have it, but only seen it once. 93, Vault of Horror. Never knew this existed. <laughs> Here we go. Now, here's the, the lengthy one. 92, Annie. Know this movie well, not, but not a favorite of mine. It will always be marred for me because I was supposed to be taken to see Firefox with Clint Eastwood, but that was sold out. Now, here is the part specifically to Scott regarding his reaction to it on the list. I think this should be the only opinion on what he says that matters because it was my wife who had this on her list as a tie for number 10. Even before you said you were joking, I took it as you joking. I didn't take it as offensive or as an attack on my wife. Which is one way to get me pissed off quickly. I can't argue with you there, Al. Uh, I hear in the beginning of part two that you got some flack for it, but I'm telling you it's okay. Personally, I would not make my list of favorite comic movies. Personally, it would not make my list of favorite comic movies, but it is based on a comic, and it's one of two movies that I use as examples when people say they don't like any comic movies. The other is Weird Science. Sure, it's very loosely based on the EC title, but it's still it. Hmm. (sighs) 91, Blade, love it. Not enough to be on my top 10, but I still think it's a damn good movie. 90, Blue is the Warmest Color. Never knew this existed. 89, Red, enjoy this a lot. Need to dig out my copy of the Warren Ellis Mini to compare it one day. 88, Swamp Thing, think I saw it once or twice on TV. 
87, The Shadow. Don't think I ever saw this. 86, Batman Under the Red Hood. Only saw it once. Need to see it again. 85, Battle Royal. Damn, that this is a disturbing movie. Good, but damn disturbing. I got this one way back when it came out on VCD. 84, Black Mask, never seen. Stop, 83, stop, stop. What? I know uh, who put Black Mask on, on, on the list. Oh, do you? Yes. Think, think. where where have I been this weekend? Who was I uh, with? <laughs> okay. So now we know where that came from. <laughs> well, I, I have the master list. I could have looked up who put yeah, it on. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, you put that on there. Oh, okay. 83, Danger Diabolique. Never heard of this before. 82, Fantastic Four 2005. It's okay. About as good as I was hoping for in this pre-Iron Man time. Doom is the weakest part. Ah, Richard. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> 81, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Used to watch as a kid. Haven't seen it since. Not sure I want to in case it doesn't hold up. Oh, Wilma holds up. <laughs> 80, Ghost World. Never seen. 79, A hist- History of Violence. Saw it and liked it, but a bit slow at times, I thought. 78, Supergirl, saw a bunch of times on HBO as a kid, liked it then. 77, A Charlie Brown Christmas, number six on my wife's list. Since it was just a TV special, I wouldn't have put it on a list of movies, but while she does enjoy some of the comic geeky things I have shown her, got her into Doctor Who after all, she's not a comic person. I was impressed that she was able to mostly fill fill her list with actual movies and only needed two TV specials to get to ten. 76, Crumb, never seen it. I do enjoy much of Robert Crumb's work, so I should one of these days. Okay, time to finish listening to part two. I'll send in my thoughts as well as revealing, admitting our picks after. Al Sedano. Cool. Thank you, Al. Thanks. Fills it up nicely. What I can say is I really enjoyed doing those movie lists. So was I think when I was talking to Matt, he's like, so you guys finally got through your movie. (laughs) Like, yeah. uh, Only took us five episodes. Or was it six? Uh, I think it was six. Yeah, I think it was six. Yeah. The last 25 was like three episodes. So which one's the next one? I see you added a couple here. Is it going back to the bottom of the list? Or? Yeah, go down to the bottom. Back to back, back to, to Rusty Bragg. And I see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this sounds like it's kind of out of order because this now is going back into November. But anyway, no, I think. When is this one? Yeah, November yeah, last November year. November 21st. Back to the Bins, 262. Best Comic Movies Part 1. Hey guys, great opening from Dr. Bill with the kiddified John Williams music. What did I do? What did I do? Oh, oh meow, meow, meow. Okay, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I forget things I do. Thank God it's all on tape forever. Oh, that's not tape, but we, you know, I'm showing my age. It's recorded. It's recorded. It's, it can be used in a court of law. Crap. Oh. Have you ever heard of the Jingle Cats? Funny you should say that because I have a Jingle Cats that I believe somebody sent me. <clears throat> anyway, Jingle Cats is a series of Christmas novelty recordings for producer Mike Spala who mixes actual animal sounds to match tones of the songs. Yes, I have the, the Jingle Tax Christmas and it was, you know, meow, 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 meow. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they don't like pull on these cats tails or something or you know smack them to get them to make these tones so anyway i don't think so i think they just get recordings and they find the one that's in the proper uh, note yeah i have i have the two christmas cds and they really are a lot of fun to listen to yeah because they mix dogs in there too like like no anyway why do you even need cats and dogs when you when i can hang out with dr bill 
I mean, he's, he's, he's his own jingle cats. I wasn't sure if this uh, premise was going to be on Paul's Is It Jaws or back to the bins, but I'm glad it's finally released. Of the 25 movies talked about, I have none of them. No, I have nine of them on DVD Blu-ray, and I saw two of them in the theater. Annie, and I agree with Paul that the 2014 version would have been better with Jamie Farr. <laughs> Sorry. And I think Bill... Um, was trying to think of I, Aileen Quinn as the actress who played Annie in 1982. Hmm. Yeah, probably. None of my selections have been mentioned yet. Is that good or bad? A little info for the ones I have watched or have three of them. I haven't fully watched yet, even though I have them in my possession. Well, I can't say anything. I've got a couple of movies I still haven't watched either. Daredevil, The Shadow, going to upgrade to the Blu-ray, and a 2005 Fantastic Four. I should... I just need to sit down and watch, but it's so hard to find the time. Yeah, me too. Of course, as I say that, as I burn through almost two seasons of Space 1999, but yet I complain that I can't sit down and watch a two-hour movie, but I can watch, you know, 30-some-odd hours of Space 1999. So, anyway, The Shadow I'm more familiar with uh, the old-time radio shows, but from the from the moments I have seen of the movie, I'm sure I'll love it. Ah, yeah, that was my pick. I love that movie. Uh, my brother got me the Shadow serials for my birthday. For Supergirl, we've got the movie late. Uh, we got to the movie late and missed all of the Krypton stuff, and I still haven't seen it. Uh, you just have drunk Peter O'Toole. So anyway. We got there just in time for Supergirl to leap out of the water and fly for the first time. It was neat. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Justice League New Frontier, I haven't seen since we first got the DVD. My wife bought me the Absolute for Christmas one year, so I had some concept of the story before the movie came out. I remember liking it a lot. I think it was the Golden Age feel that people enjoy because the comics of today are so dark. I think the only one I would consider buying after listening to your episode would be the Spy Smasher serial. It sounds like something I might like. I agree with Scott that... Oh, wait. We're going to have to mark the tape. Somebody agreed with Scott. I agree with Scott that the Captain Marvel serial is something special. Better close for now. I eagerly await the next installment of whether it's next episode or not. Oh, installment whether it's next episode or not. It's been a lot of fun, and thank you. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. Okay. Yeah, we're moving on up. And moving on to Russell's message on comic book movies part dos. Do. Electric Bosolo. <laughs> Hello, fellow podcasters. I was starting to get worried when the podcast didn't show up on Saturday, November 26th. I didn't know what to do with myself. Well, that's <laughs> a personal problem, Russell. <laughs> Luckily, I'm a pretty patient guy and waited, but I was worried that Paul was sick or something until he posted otherwise. It was the infam infamous internet problem, something I am very familiar with. I forgot which one of you said they had met Henry Winkler. That was me. I have always imagined that he was a nice person, and I'm glad you put my mind at ease. One of my favorites of his was a TV movie entitled An American Christmas Carol. Yeah, that was pretty good. It's the usual Christmas Carol premise, but in Depression-era New England. Henry plays young and old Scrooge, named, renamed Benedict Slade. I have it on Blu-ray and love watching it every Christmas. Did any of you see his latest television work? Is that the uh, reverse mortgage commercials? <laughs> it was a show called Better Late Than Never on NBC. Henry Winkler, Terry Bradshaw, George Foreman, and William Shatner take part in a reality-type show. No, I have not seen that, but it no. sounds very amusing. The cast members rely on each other for support and encouragement and demonstrate that friendship is the ultimate gift while traveling to and touring Southeast Asia. 
It was a very good show and maybe picked up for a second season. We shall see. On to the movies. Of the 25 movies talked about, I again have nine of them. And actually saw four of them in the theater. Iron Man 2, Weird Science, Superman 3, and Popeye. I still haven't heard any of the movies I chose mentioned yet. A little info for the ones I have watched or have. Two I have but haven't sat down to watch yet. Thor 2 and The Dark Knight Returns. If I remember correctly, I think I got those for Christmas from my wife. The Dark Knight Rises, Superman 3, and Empire Strikes Back I have from the Blu-ray box sets. I may get Weird Science on Blu-ray someday, but isn't in my collection at present. Just don't know if I like it that much. Popeye I have on DVD, but hope to do a nice Blu-ray set someday, complete with original soundtrack. But I'm not holding my breath. It was a nice show all around. I figure you will hold off on the rest until after the holidays. That's okay by me, as I always enjoy your shows, even more around Christmas time. Since you didn't get to do any last year, I'm hoping you will go all out. But I'll enjoy it no matter how Christmas-oriented it is. Thanks for keeping me entertained. I was actually at work this time, so thanks for making the time fly. Russell Bragg, Clark's West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. It's almost like Russell's co-hosting with us today. (laughs) You want to read another one? Uh, Yeah, I was just looking. uh, Do you want to read that one? Because it's one where I wasn't here. I mean, or, okay. or you could just ch- chime in. I can read it. We, now, we do have some in the mailbag that aren't from Russell, but this one's also from Russell. <laughs> Hi, guys. Poor Dr. Bill. Oh, that's right. Even I just wanted to hear you say that. Even when he's not there, he gets picked on. It was funny, though. <laughs> I'm glad he can take it. Oh, don't be so sure. He's a crying wuss bag. <laughs> I could tell right off that this episode was recorded before October because you guys were talking about the upcoming horror month. Wasn't Matt a part of one of those episodes, too? Yes, he was. That was a... Uh, for the world. A joint yeah, effort. Back to the Bins Neozaz effort. I was in the car when I started listening. In my head, I was thinking PDF stood for public domain file, which sounds more internet computer file like, but it does stand for Adobe Portable Document Format. I like mine better. <laughs> then you started talking about North weather versus South weather. I was born and bred in West Virginia, so I know nothing about the weather in the South. Sometimes it's good up here, sometimes it's bad. Personally, I can tolerate the heat a lot more than the cold. My wife gets mad at me when she complains about the heat, and I tell her it's not hot. That's like every wife in the world when you disagree with them on temperature. I would be interested to see if I could handle the hot Florida summers you guys talk about. I'd still love to visit Disney someday. On to the comics. Needless to say, I had neither Iron Man Submariner No. 1 nor Batman 206. I'm surprised that the Batman story wasn't in any of my DC Archive editions. I could look myself, but I know you guys like to get questions. Which, with the cover which for then Paul's we don't look book, anything up. <laughs> well, I, I, I answer anything I can answer off the top of my head, though. Ah. Would the cover of Paul's book have let the buyer know it was not a team-up between Iron Man and Submariner? No, it didn't. It really didn't let you know that at all. Before Paul explained, that's what I thought we were getting. I agree with Scott. I think he's the one that said it, that the crying Indian commercial is never shown anymore. <laughs> I remember it fondly. It has been shown humorously on Robot Chicken with Apache Chief as the crying Indian. I had truly enjoyed this episode and both issues brought to the table. I can't to hear what Doc, I can't wait to hear what Doctor Bill's number one comic issue will be or was. I don't recall if he has done that ish, the issue you were talking about. Thank you once again for keeping me entertained, Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. Did I have a number one issue? Number one. What was I going to bring? I don't know. Was it Profit number one? Was that what I was... Yeah, I think that's what... Oh, yeah, that was... Oh, uh, just be glad he didn't bring it. (laughs) It's always still out there. The Return. 
So, where are we now? We're skipping that one. Oh, wait. Where are these emails coming from? Are you adding emails in the list? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not adding anything. How come anything? they keep changing? I'm, I'm actually just, the ones that we're already reading, I'm taking them and putting them in the other folder. But then there's like other ones keep and popping I, up in their spot. And I guess I guess there was more. Is there like two pages? A, there was a second oh, page. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, wait a minute. I know. It's like, because now we have another one from Russell that it's, I swear it's, was it's not like there the, a second ago. It's like the loaves, the fishes, and Russell. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read this one. It is, uh, it is back to the bins 260. See, we keep going backwards. That's what, yeah, okay. These must have been on a second going page and we time. didn't even re- realize it because we've been really, God, I didn't realize we were slacking this hard on we the. Was, we've been slacking away. Back to the bins number 260. Score, Doctor Strange. All right, that's how old this is because the Doctor Strange movie is now out on Blu ray and DVD. So <laughs> we're a little behind on this email. Hey, guys, great episode as usual. Always good to hear from Andrew Leyland. I think that skit has taken over. Uh, I, I think that skit has taken over for my favorite choice now. Very, very funny. Uh, can you refresh my memory? What was this? Skit? That was when An- Andy was Andy was interviewing for an intern, and I couldn't understand oh, anything right. he said. Okay. Oh, and then I came in right. That's piss off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you could understand little Ernie Chan, but not Andy. <laughs> well done. Admittedly, I. I, I well done. Admittedly, I don't have a huge amount of Doctor Strange knowledge. I always thought he was an interesting character, but Marvel is not my strong suit. Well, you know, just kind of make him Doctor Fate, kind of, maybe, sort of. What do you think? He's like a Doctor Strange Fate. Fate. Yeah, well, that's what, when they did the mashup, that's what he was called, Doctor Strange Fate. So, anyway, my wife did shock the socks off of me. Whoa, you know, what happens at home stays at home. We don't need to know about it on the podcast. Oh, 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 never mind. When she said she wanted to go see the movie, really? You're shocked that your wife didn't want to go see Benedict Cumberbatch. Come on, man. <laughs> we haven't gone yet, but hopefully we can get there. I know I know she wants to go not for Doctor Strange, but for Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, nice that you caught up with me. <laughs> I, 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 I referred to him, uh, to my wife, just like Dr. Bill did Benedict Cumberbun. <laughs> Don't think I can add anything. Uh, do you know what the next score episode will would be about? Uh, well, a- well, after this one after that this we're one doing it, now, it was Logan. Uh, well, the next one we're going to record after this will be Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but between this email and but then, I don't know we, if this this may this may actually air after Guardians of the Galaxy score episode. Oh God, timey wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Well, you know, if we don't get these things out a little month, sooner, and, then you know nobody's ever going to want to send email if they think we don't answer it but anyway well that's why we're answering it and people are going to know that we answered them in this episode whether they listen or not do you know what the next score episode would be about okay so we did dr strange then we did uh luke cage what we did yeah and we did luke cage with luke i thought we did luke cage before dr strange well whatever they were two weeks in a row Uh, oh that's right all right so we had cage we had and then we just did the logan and then coming out after this will be which was recorded before the Logan, but is being released after, and that's um, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. And then the next one should be Guardians. And this may actually air after that. Yes, that's all for this time. Eagerly await in uh, uh, eagerly await the next episode after the Luke Cage one. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. Okay. okay. So the next one on the list is from Luke Chacanetti. Yes, there we go. And it's titled Bins the Living Podcast. Pliers of the Time Stream. Just listen to episode number 270 featuring It the Living Colossus and Fin Fang Foom in Astonishing Tales number 24. 
I do not own this one, but I did read it from Paul's aforementioned time prepping for an earlier episode. It didn't work out for me to be on it, but reading the comic was a hoot anyway. This issue is a strange mashup of pre-FF and post-FF Marvel Atlas stuff. You have the Atlas-style monsters, complete with the common man stuck in the middle theme, which was used in a lot of these stories. And then you have the tragic hero and devoted love interest, and of course, the subplots all extremely mid-60s Marvel. That said, I enjoyed this book, and had I been reading comics, and you know, alive, when it was released, I probably would have gravitated towards it. Naturally, giant monsters appeal to me, so this comic, with its great cover, would have definitely caught my eye on the 7-Eleven Spinner Rack, the place where I got my earliest purpose-bought comics. Monsters in comics were already becoming passé by this point, but Marvel did their level best, issuing many reprints of their Atlas-era stuff in this period. Many of Marvel's Bronze Age mystery books were reprints or sometimes had a new lead story supplemented with backups from the 1950s. On more than a few occasions, they reprinted whole issues just with a new cover. So it stands out to me just because it is an original, all-new story. So kudos, kudos to Paul for putting it out there for me to read. If I ever find the rest of these, I will have to pick them up. Dr. Bill, I do not have the hero clicks of Fin Fang Foom, but I do have the 9-inch Fin Fang Foom toy from the mid-1990s Iron Man toy line. Fin Fang Foom and two other dragons, Argent and Aureus, were released to tie into their appearance in the second season of Iron Man, loosely adapted from the comic story Dragon Seed, with Fin Fang Foom unleashing a horde of dragons on Earth. Sadly, this version is based on his 1990s look and thus does not wear bike shorts. <laughs> and Luke gave a picture, uh, a link for pictures, but this is an audio medium. Anyway, keep making Back to the Bins episodes and I'll keep listening, Luke. P.S. Did It the Living Colossus ever fight Colossus from the X-Men? It would be the same story where Iron Man and Iron Fist team up to fight Samurai Steel and Steel Serpent. Uh, yeah, that would be cool, <laughs> but no, I don't think they ever did meet up. Mm. Lost, lost chance there, or a lost opportunity by Marvel. Yep. Right, pick an email and read it. Uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, Russell. Back to the bins, 270. Fin Fang Foom's finally... Well, fin Fang Foom's fine, friendly, Frogert franchise. Oh, you're going for the real short one here. Hey, it was the next one in line. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, didn't really have much to say on this one. Wait, did he look that up? Because I don't think I remembered the whole name. He must have looked that up because I think that's no. What that I, was that was what I titled the episode. Oh, oh, okay. Why did you look up what he actually said? No, no. I just I just went for as many F. Oh, okay. Because I, I think that's close to like what it actually was. Anyway, hey guys, don't really have much to say on this one. Don't have the issue, but I do have a question. Did this it ever meet the it that Superman battled in Superman one seventy seven? Just wondering. Keep up the wonderful work. I would say no. Since it was a I would quote. be shocked if that was <laughs> it would case. be and I'm not even sure what the it is in Superman 177. You see we search for the cover see if I can see what it says. Okay. And while you look that up, I'm going to go on to the next email. And this is interesting because oh, it's this just email like is a, from a, a Yeah, no, it's like a, like a giant ant hive. This is this email's from a new emailer, which I always Ooh. appreciate, but we still have a Russell Bragg connection here. The email is from Sean Merrick who I am not familiar with off the top of my head, but welcome aboard, Sean. Good to hear from you. The subject is Last Issues, episode number 268. And hello, I got turned on to your show through Russell Bragg's GC Comics Presents show. 
and the mighty Rob and Shag putting you over on the Fire and Water Network. I like that you dig into random issues of your collection and pick them apart. I found that mo- I found that the most enjoyment I have from reading comics is going back to the bins. My interest in comics has ebbed and flowed over the years, so happening upon books that I looked upon looked fondly upon or sought out back in my younger days is now a big thrill because it's all new again. I have to commend you cats for doing your show as long as you have. Podcasting can be a cruel mistress at times, so it's dope to see the longevity and enthusiasm in your content. That being said, I really enjoyed episode number 268 because I have a thing for final issues of comic book series. When, I've, when I'm messing around in the $1 bins and I come across them, I can't help but purchase them. There's something wrong with me, I guess. <laughs> Do you have a favorite final panel of a comic book series, whether it be emotional or just silly? Mine's this, mine's this one from the final issue of Defenders where Beast holds a dog named Sassafras that I thankfully preserved. And then he put a link for that. Uh, keep up the fine work, and if you have a moment, check out the podcast that my wife, Jen, and I do called Worst Collection Ever. Russell writes into us as well. <laughs> it's us ripping on our lousy comic book collection filled with dubious tastes. We also swear a lot, and I reference pro wrestling way too much. That sounds fascinating. I may have to <laughs> check that out. Uh, thanks, Sean Mayrick. Thanks again, Sean, for writing in. Uh, I don't have any specific last panel I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I did. So I, 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 I did remember that one when I looked at it. You know, because that's after everybody is, the team's broken up. Some of the pe- team is dead or missing, and uh, he's he's holding the puppy, the little dog, little sassafras. 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 No. Thank you, Mister Merrick. So now we have one email from. Uh, oh, actually, no, I don't think this is. The uh, Russell Bragg Stingers, I don't think, is a readable one. No. That's just him. He sent over some uh, some some audio files. Yes. So So that's... We'll have to edit that out. So you might as well go on to the next one. All right. Next one is Russell Bragg. Back to the bins 272. Still more comic movies. Hey, guys. Great show as always. I wanted to thank you for playing the match game music behind Dr. Bill's game. <laughs> Would you believe I got seven correct... And the first five in a row. Wow. (laughs) I've probably mentioned before my love for that show. It's a classic in every sense of the word. It pops up occasionally on the Game Show Network, but not as much as I would like. I have the Best of Match Game DVD set. Wow. It contains the best (laughs) moments from the show, hosted by uh, Brett Summers, an interview with her, a tribute to Gene Rayburn, and the original 1962 pilot. Wow, that was out in 1962? Hmm. For my, for my last birthday and Christmas gifts, my brother found various match game shirts for me. I can't wait until it's warm enough for me to wear t-shirts again. I had heard about the new match game, but often frown at remakes of classic game shows. But since you guys think it's good, I may give it a chance. I, I wonder if they um, had even thought to contact panels from the old sh- old show to be on the new one. Mm, that would be awesome. I, I looked up who was still alive and came up with the following. Betty White, eh, I think she could still be funny on that. Vicki Lawrence, same there. Jimmy J.J. Walker, yep. Gary Berghoff, Radar from MASH, in case nobody knows who, who he is. Rip Taylor, who is my Bill's Skype friend. picture right now. Joanne Flug, who was in The Night Strangler. Yes, yes. Elaine Joyce. Who I thought was very sexy back mm. then. I don't know what she looks like now, but back in the late 70s, I thought she was very sexy. Anita Gillette. No, I don't remember who she is. She was, I think she was a dancer. 
Mm. I remember right. She was on TV shows and stuff, but I think she was mainly a dancer. Fanny Flagg. Was she on? She was on the new. Candid Camera? Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, okay. Uh, Bill Daly. Who... Oh, oh, wait a minute. What? Was... What? what? I'm just trying to think about Fanny Flagg. Was she also on, uh, was she on Newhart? Uh, I think you're thinking of the redhead uh, uh, um, receptionist who was also on. Uh, well, she was Miss Krabappel. Miss Krabappel? Uh, yeah, no, Fanny Oh, yeah, Flag, yeah. yeah the, the receptionist from New Heart was Miss Krabappel. Hold on, I, I just did Fan- Fanny Flagg. Uh, Fanny Flagg was, in the new, it was, was on uh, the new Dick Van Dyke show, I'm pretty sure. I'm on, well, I'm on Fanny Flagg IMDb. This is, that's right, folks, this is riveting. It's the Fanny Flagg show. I'll keep reading while you look up what she's on. Bill Daly, The Love Boat. Bob Barker. Patty Deutsch. Wait, wait, wait. Holly Hallstrom. Uh, okay, Patty Deutsch. Who's Patty? What was Patty Deutsch on? Patty Deutsch was like a comedi- comedian. She had red hair. She had kind of that nasally way of speaking. Uh, I didn't think she was particularly funny. Ha- Holly Hallstrom. Oh, okay. I have no idea who that is. Well, I'll look it up. Janice oh, I know Pennington, who Holly I don't know who that is. is. I think. Bart Braverman. I don't know who that is. Joyce Boulafant, I remember. I think she played... Holly Hallstrom was one of... Oh, my God. How do you not know who Holly Hallstrom is? She was the hot redhead on um, The Price is Right that did the stuff. I I still don't know who she is. What? Anyway, Janice Pennington is probably Janice from The Price is Right. I bet you. Let me look. Probably. Ding, 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 ding. Is Bart Braverman Bart from The Price is Right? (laughs) Ooh. Sorry, I just uh, uh, found a video for Janice Pennington and Holly Houstrup's swimsuit showcase. I need one minute and twelve seconds to myself. Joyce Boulafont, <laughs> I think, I think played Murray's wife on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. Lee Merriweather, mm-hmm. Sally Struthers, who ate some poor child. Oh, Bart Braverman was. I'm looking at him. What he, you would know is if you looked him up. Uh, what was it? But I won't. What was his show? Why did they know? Scoey Mitchell was a comedian. Who? Orson Bean, who was the voice of Frodo in the old Rankin and Bess. Yep. Lord of the Rings cartoon. Joanne Worley of Laugh in Fame. Yes. Clifton Davis. Bill Anderson. Who's Bill Anderson? Paul Williams, who obviously Luke is a huge fan of. Mm. And William Shatner, just to name a few. If I had known how many were still alive, I probably never would have brought it up. Oh, Bill Anderson was a uh, a, a, a country singer. He's also on TV a little bit. My favorite memory of Match Game was the last episode of each year. The old sign with the current year would be replaced with the new sign with the new year. I don't know why. I just thought it was cool. On to the movies. I have seen all of the movies listed for 12 through 7. I have them either on DVD or Blu-ray, saw three in the theater, Batman, Captain America, Civil War, and Iron Man. Hey, wait a minute, wasn't this my email? It started as your you email and I took it over. My email. Two, two were in my top <laughs> ten list, Batman and Iron Man. I'm sad to say this is slowly coming to an end. It's been a blast remembering all of the movies mentioned and hearing a few I'd never heard of before. I eagerly wait your next installment with three through six. Ha ha ha. Thanks for keeping me entertained. Russell Brad, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. You can take the next one now. Okay, uh, which is comics, com- comic read comic style. read style. Oh, another small one, and it is from our buddy Socrates in Miami. Good morning, Paul and Doctor Bill. I recently caught a Todd McFarlane documentary on YouTube. It was pretty cool. During the video, a comic fan was reading a Spawn comic in a way I've never seen. Yeah, I was little. I was reading this earlier. Okay, he was holding the first. And last, interior pages while reading the comic. 
I guess this has to do with lowering wear, uh, lowering cover wear and tear. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I, it's something yeah, but, I've never okay, done. But but if you're holding the first and the last page, is not the is not the cover then falling like bending? It's falling straight down, and that's going to put that's going to put wear on the spine. I always hold. I'll either take it and just lay it on on, on like on a table. And just let it sit naturally and just fold open. I won't flatten it or anything. Or I'll hold it in my hand so that I'm cradling the spine. Now, that's going to leave fingerprints on it, but I'm not that concerned about it. Like, like I never just take it and fold it over and read it. You know, no, no, that ain't going to happen. But that seems kind of weird. So, But of the entire video, this piqued my interest the most. Have you ever crossed uh, slight oddities like this? Not in my referencing, just, you know, the two things, I'm- you know. Yeah, I've never seen anybody read it that way, but I, I mean, I understand yeah. the logic behind it. Uh, you know, I, I, I try to take care of my books when I read them, and usually I'll lay them down and read them so that yeah. there's not much wear and tear well, on them. Well, I mean, usually when uh, I'm reading but, them, I'm... You know, you're supposed to read them. You know, you're supposed to enjoy them. Otherwise, why are you buying right. them? Right. I mean, and also when I'm reading them, you know, I'm not eating chips. I'm not doing barbecue. <laughs> you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm I, not sitting in the bathtub. I didn't just get back from painting the house or anything, you know. Uh, so uh, unless is the way diehard comic fans usually read comics, and I'm in the minority of fans who's, who smudge covers with fingerprints. No, you're not. You're not. This is just some – they found some guy that just wouldn't – you know, has his own little quirk or maybe just came up with that to make himself stand out in the in the documentary. So, so you want me to do the next one or you got this? I'll take the next one. From, uh, I think, another first time. I believe so. Writer, Jack Bond. Thanks for Bond. writing Jack in, Bond. Jack. <laughs> Welcome aboard. And the subject is Congratulations, 100 Movies in Fewer Than 100 Episodes. Hey, hey. Uh, if you if you want to hear 100 movies in exactly 100 episodes, wait until I get to episode number 100 of Visit Choice. <laughs> Actually, no, because we did four, episode, four movies in the second episode. So, okay. Because uh, we did the Jaws series. Fascinating, just as a discussion of the movies, the survey, and the list aspect added betting interest. Betting interest. Hmm. I'm not going to bother you with my own list, by which I mean I'm not going to rack my brains trying to put ten in order. But I did think about it enough to notice this. Four movies have caught major media and audience attention, causing them to ask, who knew a comic book movie could be like this? In chronological order, Superman the movie, Batman... X-Men, and Iron Man. Do you think Iron Man is in the position of Christopher Columbus? Columbus, as they say, may not have been the first to discover America, but he was definitely the last, and no one else has been able to have claimed it claimed to since. When superhero movies wane with a year or two going by without one, will the next one be greeted with surprise, but with talk of reviving the genre like we get with westerns and musicals? Uh, that's exactly what I'm thinking, is that when the genre fades, which probably will happen one day... I have a uh, feeling that the genre... It'll be like westerns and, and musicals, and you're just not going to see them that often, mm-hmm. but every once in a while you'll see one. What do you think? I think that the genre, and I think we've mentioned this on other podcasts in the past, and I think I actually brought the comparison of westerns with uh, when we did a show a long time ago with Trennis Magnus about how you know westerns were in their day the comic movies we have now and and we're going to see a certain window of time that eventually they're going to fade and that may be as the growing up fanboys that we are with the money to spend to go see the movies although they're trying to rope in new new people too um but but i think that's you know 
I think in their current form, like once a lot of the actors age out, maybe we'll see a tapering off then because they're not going to be able to keep going forever, obviously. So depending on who they replace them with and how they do that, it, you know, we may see a tape. It may we may see a little bit of a slide, but um, we might. But I'm just enjoying the. Oh run. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to fixate too much on when it's over because I enjoy it. Yep. Yep. Do you think there is anything in comics that would still surprise mainstream audiences in movie form? I might have added Deadpool with its R-rated anti-hero to the list, but I don't recall reading any major media notice of him. I tend to discount anything on the internet as fanish. I'll let you get back to the bins now, Jack. Once again, Jack, thanks for joining in with the email. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I agree with you that there's certain ones that are considered groundbreaking and there's certain ones that go along with the, uh, the flow. What I like to think that they try to do is what they talk about with Pixar movies, where each movie they make, they try to push the envelope a little further and do something that they hadn't done before. And I like to think that sometimes comic movies do that. Obviously, they don't all do it. Some of them just go for formulaic. Uh, but, you know, as we're reading this, Logan just opened up, and that certainly was done in a different I would say more grown-up style than a lot of the other comic movies are. So I do think there's still new ground to be hoed, uh, and we'll see what they come up with. I mean, there's plenty of creative people out there. Mm. I was just thinking about. We've got a couple more. You ready? Uh, you got any? Well, I was any just, more, I was just uh, thinking about. You know, if there's anything in comics that would surprise mainstream audiences in movie form, and I know that there's. I've been surprised by certain movies, then then I find out afterward that it was a comic, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was a comic. I don't know if that's kind of... That happens once in a while, yeah. Yeah. So, where where are we? Then we have Comic Book Movie Countdown. From that one you can Tom Panarese. Comic Book Movie Countdown. Gentlemen, I just binge-listened to the entire 100 Best Comic Movies Countdown and wanted to write in to tell you how much I enjoyed it. I found myself not only agreeing and debating with you, and talking to my iPod, crazy, crazy, <laughs> but jotting down the names of movies that I either need to see for the first time or haven't watched in a long time. It must have been an exhausting task, but it was definitely worth it. Oh, God, yes, it took me forever to listen to Paul after he accumulated all that work. Oh, wait, sorry. Yes, <laughs> I did nothing. And no, I'm just teasing you because I talked to my iPod, too. You're not crazy. We're all crazy. Your commentary and discussion about each movie was interesting and enriching. And I... Enriching? <laughs> was he sure you had to write podcast? And I have to say that it's refreshing to listen to three guys talk about comic book movies and not come off as the type of nerd podcasters who speak with such a sense of false authority, worst movie ever, that they come off as either pretentious or the Simpsons comic book guy. Oh, it's a little preemptive on that joke. Then again, you guys never have... And that's what uh, never have, and that's why I keep listening. To, uh, I keep listening to bins. I won't get into specific comics about the comments about the films, except to say that at some point Scott mentioned that if he had the talent slash time, he'd make an ultimate cut of Superman two. And I am right there with him. I own both versions on DVD, and my first thought upon fi uh, finishing the Donner cut for the first time was that someone should go and cut the two movies together. Because despite the fact that I enjoyed the that that I enjoyed the Donner cut and thought some of its scenes improved on the original version, it felt like an incomplete movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tend to agree with that. Anyway, it looks as it looks like I've got a movie a I've got a movie watching to do. Thanks for a great show, best Tom. 
and you can hear. Okay, I, have, I have two thoughts with regard to Tom's email, and first of all, well, the first before I get to those is thank you, Tom. It's been a while since we heard from you, but, and uh, uh, you can hear Tom on our network as well. He has a couple projects yeah. going on. I think often as you become a fellow podcaster, that's when we stop hearing from you in email, just because you become so busy with it yourself that you know it's hard to to write into everybody. I certainly have fallen into that trap myself. Uh, but one thing, one thought is that uh, when I find myself arguing or agreeing with a podcast that I'm listening to, I feel that's a sign of a quality show. So for you to say that you're doing that, I appreciate it because it's it's something that I strive for and I hope to get that out of listeners. So that's great to hear that. Uh, the other point is I totally agree. I would love to watch an ultimate cut of Superman 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the time or the talent to do it myself, but I, I wish somebody who did would put it together. We should make our own fan film. No, I'm just kidding. We'll make you nod. That, that's, that would be perfect. Huh? <laughs> I hold in my hand the final email. Wait, wait, wait. you got to get a piece of paper. Did you just print that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's from our friend Socrates. And he writes, Hey, back to the bins. I know you three focus on collecting back issues. When did you start dropping new comics? I'm thinking of dropping Batman and a bundle of other comics for the first time in 10 years of collecting. However, I wouldn't want to miss the next great run of blank title because I'm focusing on back issues. How do you balance new comics and back issues? Best regards, Socrates Alvarez. Um, I gave up because I'm old. I started collecting in the early 1970s. And then right around 86 or so was when I stopped collecting. And I went cold turkey for a while. And then in the 90s, I started picking up books here and there. I was working in Manhattan, and they'd have guys, you know, street vendors who would be selling them, you know, 25 cents a book or whatever. And all of a sudden, I just got pulled back in. Uh, And then the death of Superman happened, and I was totally pulled back in. And I started collecting again, and I just fell totally into, into the habit again. But eventually, I started realizing... I can no longer do this. I can't keep up with it, especially as the prices went up and up and up uh, and the stories became quicker and quicker to read. So I'm no longer really concerned with new books, period. Uh, I think when the next great run of fill in the blank comes out, you'll hear about it and you could always get it in trade or you could take it out of the library or you can buy digital copies of it. There's always ways that they're available. So I'm not really concerned that I'm going to miss out on something. The only thing I'm going to miss out on is the smaller story that I would really enjoy, but nobody's going to make a big fuss about, and that's what I'm going to miss out on. But, you know, such is life. What are you going to do? I can't buy every book looking for that smaller story. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, well, I kind of parallel your story in that, I mean, I was a long-term collector, and from, you know, being, I think, from around the age of 10 or 12, and collected solidly, even... All the way through my time in the service and then sometime after some of the kids came along, I I, uh, stopped just because of the financial reasons and other things going on, being busy. So I had – I came to a point to where I did start collecting again and went back and got a lot of back issues and stuff and then was was even getting issues new – but kind of like you were saying, you know, know, I found that I was spending $2.99, $3.99 on a book. And this realization came to me while I was sitting on the john and just like, you know, I just sat here and I read all these books in like 20 minutes and I'm done. And I've like shot, you know, 25 bucks on 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 
five, six books. I was like, this is crazy. Because I was spending, you know, almost $100 a month or more on comics. And it's just like, I just can't afford this anymore. It's just not, you know, not worth it. So I, I made a break and I don't really do the digital. I mean, I've got a couple things digitally that I bought or Ew. borrowed from friends and such. And but for new stuff anymore, I, I just wait. I wait. My local comic store that's right by my house, um, they'll run, you know, back issue sales, which anything below, you know, ninety nine nine ninety nine and below, they'll sell for a dollar. And I'll go in and I'll just stock up on a bunch of stuff. And then in a few months later, I'll come in and I'll do the same thing again because I'm just I just can't afford it. I just can't afford that price price mark. Now, I have thought recently I've been thinking of getting the Marvel. Um, you can do the Marvel uh, dot com and you can read their entire library, which I is already there's there's a lot of stuff in there that's new that I haven't read. So I can go back and read the old books and the new stuff, even though they don't have all their old stuff in there yet. But I don't know. I still have so many actual comics that I've picked up from the dollar sales that I haven't even read those. So it's like new comics. Like I have so many other old comics to read that, you know, about the the Avengers is about the only one that I even try to keep up with. But even that, I'm going to wait until I can get it at a cheaper price. It's just, you know, I would love to be collecting it new, but I don't have the disposable income. That's the plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, they are ridiculously expensive if you want to maintain a serious run of, you know, a considerable number of books. Mm -hmm. It's just... Yeah, I mean, because at one point I I was getting all the X-Men books and and a bunch of Green Lantern books and all the Avengers books. And then when they went batshit crazy and had so many X-Men and Avengers titles each, I'm like, this is insane. I can't keep buying this. And it's... I think that's, that's what turned me off, too, was when they started printing so many different series... That, that I decided I'm not even interested anymore. Even even in, in like the 25 cent sales, I'm not interested in buying anything to be a completist anymore. I think, uh, uh, you know, of those in, in that era. I mean, if I hear about a good run, that's fine, but I'm not really worried about just, oh, I need all the books. Two books for me was enough in the Avengers. When they had the split, when they had the new Avengers and the Avengers, when they had the underground Avengers and the regular Avengers, I was fine with that. But then later when we had like a third title and then a fourth title, I'm just like, and then X Men were doing all their stuff. It's like, all right, enough, enough. How much money do you need to effing soak out of me? Well, what they're trying to do, in my opinion, is to, they're trying to effectively corner the market. They're trying to say, okay, if you're an X Men fan, we want you to spend all your money on X Men books and basically keep you from going after Superman or Batman or anything else. So they're trying to basically just, you know, soak up all of your yeah, but comic book if, disposable if income you, on whatever series they're doing. If you're an Avengers fan, we're going to get okay, all that. Okay, but I think that fan, hurts the quality of what you put out. Depend, I do too. You know? And it also, it, it hurts it from a collector's perspective when you're trying to consider the greater universe. When you're trying to say, okay, this is the continuity. There's just so much going on at once and it doesn't fall into a, cl- a clean timeline. And it's just... You know, oh, I have, just, to me, it's too much. It yeah. just doesn't satisfy my collector's Jones at all. I mean, I know DC just did their rebirth, and I don't. I, I've only heard some things that Andy's put out in his in his shows. I mean, I don't know anything else about rebirth, um, but at least that it seems like they've tried to restart their universe. But but Marvel has done the same thing. But even it's so hard with when everything is it seems like is done for a six issue trade to keep any continuity between books because you're all you're, you don't. There's just I don't think there's a co- cohesive universe anymore, no matter what they say. 
Like you don't. No, it, it's agree. hard to have. I mean, hey, back in my day, you would have little caption boxes that would cross-reference other books, and heroes would guest in other books. Back in my day, I'm old. Uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, everybody, for sending your email. And this was a pretty long episode going through it, but I really appreciate everybody that writes into us. I know I speak for Bill and Scott in saying that as well. Uh, we appreciate your opinions, your thoughts, and we encourage you to keep writing in, especially if you could do it as iTunes reviews. Mm. But wait, we've got four more Avengers emails. No, I'm just we'll Yeah, do that we'll do that in Avengers we'll Spotlight. Avengers <laughs> Thank you, everybody. And next week, we'll come back with some comments. All right, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show. And we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, all rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. So this is what it would be like if I had my own show, like Andy does, and just talk to myself. Don't have any topics, really. I already talked about Alvin getting out. Um, talked about the show, the TV show. Oh, the, no, I watched, uh, I'll have to tell Paul when he gets back, about time after time. Yeah, we should have a little quick discussion on that, too. Oh, he did send a lot of email. All right, I'll be quiet now. I got another riddle for you. What do you get when your cat is outside? Scratches the dog and he wants to run and hide. Comets in the doghouse. I've got no rhymes to. Rap with you. If you are wise, you won't listen to me. What do you get when Scott Gardner's away? Paul and Bill like to go around and play. <clears throat> oh, reading these emails. Somebody's somebody's being smartass. Very funny. Yeah, you funny too. Oh Lord, it would love a dummy. I ain't got no job. I got to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we can answer that. Hmm. Oh, maybe not. Kind of answered it already for me. Never mind. Hola. 
The hills are alive with the sounds of binsters. <laughs> with issues that have been sung for a thousand years.